feel that that sense that balance has been lost floating through the unknown right now without a net per se it's daunting it's destructive it's liberating it's the moment we're in right now together welcome back to the ravine Explorations in Atonal Fish. This is episode six. I'm Brian Brinkman, your humble host, your co-pilot, your comrade in this journey through the hazy, mysterious terrain of fish at their most experimental and their deepest of communicative insights and their most cosmic of journeys. If you're joining us live, well, happy Thanksgiving. If you're tuning in from a distant time, we hope you feel the vibes of gratitude, family, and community in this moment. Our first segment showcased the experimentation and groove fish found themselves residing in from late autumn 1994 through October 2000. A period of deep artistic transformation, discovery, and accomplishment. We had the band at the apex of their career here, excavating segments of music that will continue to push them forward 
even if the ultimate goal is a complete restart. From November 26, 1997, in Hartford, Connecticut, we heard a sleek and groove-driven take on Gumbo from midway through set one of the show just before Thanksgiving. Fall 1997 at its core, the commitment to lockstep communication shines throughout. From there, we jumped ahead one year to the 29th of November 1998. The Sunday night conclusion to fall 1998, we heard an atmospheric and hazy take on Simple. A song that lyrically defines what makes fish fish and whose jams have been everywhere in the midst of their six-year-long peak. This selection feels a part of the larger goals of the second-term Clinton Fish era. Finally, we jump back to the hallowed halls of fall 1995, the peak of pure fish, if you will. Specifically, the month of November 1995, the 21st to be exact. Deep in the band's greatest tour, we hear the patient and expansive take on Mike's song from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. A jam which de-emphasizes Trey and focuses entirely on the space the band conjures. It's a preview to the music we'd hear nightly from the band in the coming years. We're going to shift gears ever so slightly here in segment two as we focus on the destructive endgame of this musical connectivity before rounding back to showcase the intrinsic development which led directly to this peak in the first place. Celebration is still to come. But for now, we need to see what worlds we can destroy and those that we can create. Thanks for tuning in. This is the ravine.
We were representatives of the most powerful country on earth. The power was in our every cell. Look at how the natives bowed their gratitude for our supposedly civilizing force. The future was ours. But we were also Jewish, one of the two Jewish families in our neighborhood. Our complex, our compound, and the ovens that had been active only 15 years before. Later, I'd map the distant losses in a genogram, and we were less than a thousand miles from Hiroshima, even closer to Nagasaki. Circling JFK, I imagined our plane had a bomb bay that we were waiting for the right moment to let our payload fall. I'd never heard mention of the camps or the bombs. Not in the American houses, not in the Taipei International School. The collective efforts of repression was tremendous made the alcohol indispensable. An intense but contentless optimism about the future was the only protection against the recent past, in which all the regimes of value had collapsed, irradiated, or gassed. Public repression, private repression, what I knew and also didn't know was that my mom was sick. The official story was that she had been ill in the States but was better now, the years abroad would be a welcome rest. But we kids knew she wasn't cured, although nobody ever, not even near the very end, said the word cancer in our present. It was two years my mother looked unusually fine, but her weight fluctuated. Her smile was too unchanging, too much of a mask, like a parent hiding how frightened she was of turbulence. This is your captain speaking, James Toomey, son of a rear admiral, captain of the Taipei International Tigers basketball team, which only played other international schools on the island, was always followed around by this kid, Robert Russell. Russell was a dim, crew-cut giant, a Lenny to Toomey's George. Except Toomey was always egging Russell on, daring him to eat a leech, or grab a girl's breasts, or put a laxative in a teacher's mug of coffee. One day, on a hill near school, Toomey handed Russell his 22 caliber rifle and instructed the man to shoot almost every scrawny cow in a local farmer's herd. I heard some of it before I fled, tears in my eyes, wimp that I was, a pop, more the rapport of a cop gun and their weapon, and the cow would take a knee, I down eerily calm while Toomey kept barking instructions at Russell like a commanding officer. Each dying cow spoke with his eyes, two big brown eyes, his silent gaze expressed dignity, resignation, sadness, and with regard to the visitor, the American, a lofty and solemn contempt. The farmer, whose life or at least livelihood was destroyed, showed up to everyone's amazement at the international school the next day, screaming and crying. I was told that what he had demanded was not compensation, that Russell be punished, but that someone apologize, face him and apologize. I don't remember what happened beyond the fact that the kids made fun of the farmer and mocked Chinese Jerry Lewis gibberish mimicked how he crossed his arms and refused to budge until the police dragged him away. 
Half of what came out of American adolescent mouths was that racist travesty of speech. Maybe somebody peeled a few multicolored bills off a wad and told them to get lost. <clears throat> Maybe they gave him nothing. Maybe they gave him a beating. Boys will be boys, my father said. Boys will be boys, Confucius says. There were endless Confucius jokes. Brush your teeth, Confucius says, etc. On the other hand, an archaic regression. I remember a standoff between a couple of local teenagers and a few tigers. Maybe Toomey's friends. Somebody else stole somebody's bike. Or anyway, accused the details are lost. When Russell and another tiger started wailing on one of the Taiwanese guys, the latter just took it, ducking here and there, but never hit him back. And his friend stood there, smoking those local banana cigarettes. Not just passive, but impassive. Nobody was going to hit a white kid. Is there really a school play in Yellowface? We could go wherever we wanted. But we could never penetrate the image of our power projected. So in a sense, we went nowhere. So much of what we saw was through the glass, the imperial window, which Chang, of course, kept spotless. Even when we roamed the streets we'd been told to avoid, people made way for us. They didn't want trouble. We didn't even exist in an economy. They'd either be charged 500% over market for dumplings, or they'd give it to us for free. America was one vast institution that had no outside. With every passing week, the adults got further away from us. Ben Lerner, The Topeka School, pages 164 to 166. The path forward Fish charted from 1993 onwards was undefinable at the time. They knew that if they were to reach their maximum abilities, they needed to shed their egos and play as a singular unit. This pursuit paved the way towards their most remarkable moments, while also signaling the darkness that followed them closely from fall 1998 through their demise in a sodden field in northwestern Vermont in August 2004. The perspective we have here in the fall of 2020, the conclusion of fish in the early aughts, makes far more sense knowing where they'd find themselves throughout the second Obama administration and parts of the Trump administration. However, in the moment, the darkness, the sadness, and the regret one felt watching fish break apart in front of our eyes was almost too much for many fans. It's in this moment that we begin segment two with a cut from Piper on December 2nd, 2003, from Boston, Massachusetts. On the evening of the band's 20th anniversary in a hyper-connected jam, personal favorite, we hear the hints of a band too deep in their own head and in need of some fresh air. Locked in but tense, a break is coming. Their celebration won't rear its head for another five years. Diving back some nine years, we landed in St. Louis, Missouri for a wild take on Tweezer from the Fox Theater on November 23rd, 1994. Hinting at the space that will become commonplace within three years, we hear the band working with and against each other to both craft meaningful and engaging improv, the side of themselves that prefer to linger for an undetermined amount of time. Finally, we move forward yet again to 1996, the 27th of November to be exact. 
Seattle, Washington, the last show before Thanksgiving. Also, Jimi Hendrix's birthday. It's in this mammoth down with Z's that we hear Trey equally challenging Hendrix while working within the structure of the band to craft the kind of interconnected jams which would push them to the brilliance which reach one year later. Our final segment of the night bookends everything we've heard thus far. Beginning in the fall of 1987, it's Whipping Post on the 19th of November at Hunts in Burlington, Vermont. A moment of abstract disunity that would be increasingly rare from late 1987 to 1992. We hear hints of the fish will come to know for their nightly brilliance in a quick segment of introspective communication and improv. Just over 18 years later, our first year back in five years, we hear Seven Below from November 28, 2009, the Times Union Center in Albany, New York. A pair of post-Thanksgiving weekend shows showcased a band determined to break through the malaise of joy and celebration and figure out a way to communicate with risk like before. Celebratory in its moment, much like the time of year we're in right now, it belies a true commitment to diving into the unknown once again. I want to thank you once more for keeping your dial set here on the ravine. This was episode six. My name is Brian Brinkman, and I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Till next time.